Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody, it's Wendy Sellers, the HR lady. We are back with our fifth and final episode of our series on building a burnout-proof company culture. And boy, do we need it. Hey, David, tell us a little bit more about the future of uh, burnout prevention, because we know that burnout is not going away. Yeah, so um, unfortunately, burnout might eventually go away on its own if we don't do something about this. But it's not going to go away in the sense that we want it to go away or (laughs) that we think it would go away. We typically see that the people within organizations who are on fire are the ones who are the most likely to burn out, right? That that's somebody who really is passionate about their work. They if you're just going to work for the paycheck to begin with, you're less likely to burn out when things don't go your way. Um, you're much more likely to burn out if you are showing up to work thinking that you're going to make a difference. And what we've seen right now, pre-pandemic, as we talked about before, pre-pandemic, we have all of this um, workaholism and obsessive passion with work where people, um, where, where it's a value to put everything that you have into the workplace and that and that that should be where you find meaning in your in your work but also in your life through your work and your your whole identity is tied to your work um we have this pushback now which is the great resignation followed by quiet quitting it's people it's um the the subreddit anti work on oh. on the website reddit.com the mm-hmm. subreddit anti-work was the fastest growing discussion board um, on the internet over the course of the pandemic. Anti-work. So you have this pushback because people are, are facing this false dichotomy that either work needs to be everything or work is just a necessary evil. And I think that the way that we eliminate burnout is right in between. It's fostering what's called a harmonious passion for work, which is more autonomous. It's connecting the dots for people. Why does this work matter? You know, there's such a small difference between trivial work and mundane work, Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes the mundane work, if we're not connecting the dots, it seems trivial. We don't, we're not, we don't understand why this needs to be done or why in this way, et cetera. We need to communicate and connect the dots for people um, so that they will feel more connected to their work and more autonomous in their work. And then we need to not just not just tell them you have X amount of vacation days. We need to push them out the door. We need to model <laughs> it. We need to reward it. We need to get them out the door and tell them to find balance. We need to encourage them to go find hobbies to be able to turn it off because at the end of the day, this obsessive passion, which is related to workaholism and it's very unhealthy and this, and this, um, this healthier, harmonious passion, they both are about having your identity tied into your work to an extent, but 
the harmoniously passionate employee is able to close their laptop at the end of the day and go home guilt free. Yeah. And that's what we need to be getting. Absolutely. And then to come back like more excited and rejuvenated. What about what are your thoughts, David, on having well-being as a key performance indicator? Yeah, I love I love that idea. And I love encouraging well-being. And I've got to say, and maybe somebody won't call me because they because I say this, but if your idea is to bring in an expert like me on burnout to tell your employees how to be less burnt out by doing more yoga, uh, I don't want that business. Because <laughs> think about think about this with burnout, the, a, a key ingredient of it is cynicism. And so when somebody comes in and the company has paid somebody money to tell your employees how to how to basically take the punch, I, I don't like that. Yeah. You know, I do talk to employees as well as leadership, but I talk about it in a much more holistic manner of how can we all support each other. But telling people if the if the key if the core of it is resilience training. I, I'm kind of ethically opposed. I, I love it. No, I'm so happy that you actually answered it that way. I think it should really be, you know, about tracking engagement le- levels and then, you know, tracking the burnout rates that you've already talked about as well, and then fixing the problems associated with it, but not putting it on the employee or just the manager to do right. that. It has to be a whole company initiative yeah. and yoga is not going to work and yoga is not for everybody. I don't do yoga. So if you bring that in, I'm going to be like, no, nah, I don't think so. Give me a glass of wine instead and I'll be better. <laughs> right. Right. And that's, and that's a great point. Yeah, JC, you got some statistics for us? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Wendy. According to Harvard Business School, workplace stress, especially employee burnout, it accounts for an estimated $125 to $190 billion in healthcare costs each year. Burnout is commonly caused by a lack of social support as well, kind of like what David was talking about there. Taking on more than one can bear at the job or let it be in school or interpersonally with family and friends. And that also leads to sometimes poor self-care. And according to Sleep Standards Survey, 35.6% of U.S. workers are receiving less sleep as work-from-home arrangements change in 2020 and beyond. Back to you. Sleep? What's that? No, I actually sleep pretty well. Um, <laughs> I, I need my sleep. Um, I don't, I'm not one of those people that need only a little bit. I need a very specific amount of sleep. And if I don't have it for at least two days in a row, um, you know, heads are probably going to roll and it's not going to be mine. <laughs> ah, creating so burnout they- for your fellow employees. <laughs> Team yeah, of one. Yes, exactly. I am a team of one plus JC, and then I have a recruiter too. So a team of, you know, almost three. Um, and they are really in charge of me, not the other way around. <laughs> but David, wrapping up this today, this has been very insightful, very educational. I think all of us in the HR space and the management space, we really need to, first of all, check on ourselves. Because I really don't think we could help other people until we, we help ourselves. And then we need to get with, with the, the C-suites and say, Hey, I need you to shake some money tree down here because we want to make some real change, not just say we're going to have change. 
give us some uh, final, you know, talking points or takeaways for our for our listeners, including how they can reach out to you to get help. Um, and then my final question would be like, what would be the first thing you would ask a company when they called you? Like, what's your like, what's your question? Like, uh, how do you know people are burnt out? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I always I, I I frequently talk about the fact that questions are where the value is now because everybody has the answers. The questions get you to the real the real meat of it, right? Uh, so sometimes it's just about being that sounding board to pull people in a little bit and dig a little bit deeper, kind of like that five whys exercise. You know, why, why, why until a person gets to the core of yeah. the actual issue. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, how can they reach I've you? Lost, okay. How can they so reach you? You can't ask me. So a little bit of diversity news. I have um, adult ADHD. So more than one question at a time. Forget about it. It's not happening. It's uh, <laughs> neurodiverse right here. So um, you could, uh, they could find me on my website, illuminate PMC for performance management consultants.com or maybe easier davidshar.com. Um, and then I'm very active on LinkedIn. So uh, that's, that's often where I start conversations with people. Uh, you can find me David Shar um, directly on LinkedIn. If you search David Shar, I think I'm the only one, um, but, but yeah, reach out. Awesome. And if they just search the burnout guy, would they find you? Um, maybe, maybe, <laughs> although I, I like, you know, a lot of people call me that, but I, I'm hoping that I'm more the burnout prevention guy. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say that. You're like, uh, you're like, I understand what you're trying to say, but I want to prevent it or end right. it. What's up, JC? <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I literally just went on LinkedIn, typed in David Shar. He is the only one. Ladies and gentlemen, he wasn't lying. Go to LinkedIn, type in David Shar, and you're going to find him right away. Nice. Well, thank you so much for all this information. I mean, we could probably talk about burnout forever. Uh, we do hope to our listeners that this has been helpful. Thanks for joining us and take care. Thank you. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.